everyone and welcome back to the Girl Covering Podcast. My name is Kelly and today I have another guest for you, another fellow podcaster for you. So today I am joined by Athena Crilly. She is the host of the Finding My Fit podcast as well as an advocate. She is here today to talk about her experience with eating disorders and her recovery and we're going to talk about her advocacy a bit too. So Athena, welcome to the podcast. Hi everybody, thank you so much for having me on. Of course, I'm so excited. So just so that everyone knows a bit more about yourself, can you tell everyone a bit about yourself and your story with mental health? Yeah, of course. So hi everybody, I'm Athena. I am a fellow podcaster. I have a podcast called Finding My Fit and I also do a lot of online content creation and also some blogging work. I'm also an online coach. So in terms of my mental health kind of story, I have suffered quite a bit in the past with my mental health and it is still something that I suffer with a little bit today, but a lot less so than during my teenage years. So when I was 13, I was diagnosed with anorexia and that is an illness that I suffered with until the age of 20. So pretty much for the whole of my teenage years. And alongside that, I did also develop anxiety, depression and OCD. Um, So that is pretty much my kind of background with mental health. Although I am fully recovered from my eating disorder, I still do have anxiety and depression. They aren't as bad as they used to be, but they're definitely still there. Yeah, definitely. And I think with a lot of different mental illnesses, I find that there are kind of those lasting side effects, if you want to call them that. Um, But thank you so much for sharing that. It's great that you are in recovery now and you have recovered from your eating disorder and that you really recognize that in yourself. So I kind of want to go back to your battle with anorexia. So what helped you change the way you thought about your body and eating disorder and really helped you go into that recovery period? Yeah, definitely. So I, throughout my illness, I definitely went through a lot of phases where I seemed to be recovering and I was, you know, things were really looking up for me and then something would happen and I would just go straight back down and spiral back into the eating disorder. And every time I found when I was doing well, it would be it's like there was something that changed this thought process that I was in. So my illness, my anorexia was fueled very much by habit and my environment and just being, being in the same environment that triggered these certain thoughts and behaviors that would contribute to my eating disorder. So every time I either went into hospital or I kind of changed schools or that kind of thing, it kind of like, switched my behaviors a little bit but not enough to the point where I found that I was fully recovering if that makes sense like Mm -hmm. it seemed like I was recovering at the time but I wasn't so when it got to the age of 20 when my true recovery started I think the number one thing that actually made made that recovery like a true recovery was the fact that I was I just started at university. I was studying a course that I really enjoyed at the time. I was making new friends and I'd met a bunch of new people and it really shifted my focus away from the anorexia, which was all that I'd had for so many years because I didn't really have many friends. I wasn't very sociable 
And suddenly I found people were actually wanting to interact with me at university. They were wanting me to go out with them, to go and have drinks with them, to get food and takeaways with them. And I really didn't want to waste the opportunity of making new friends and making memories just because I didn't want to eat any food or I didn't want to miss my workout. So my focus really shifted from food and exercise to making new memories, making new friends and focusing on my studies. So I think that was a really long answer, but I think ultimately it was just shifting my focus. Yeah, that's amazing. And very similar story with me too. I know going for university changed the narrative for me a lot. Um, I did have an eating disorder in high school. And when I got to university, just as you said, it kind of was that shift instead of saying, oh man, like I really should be careful with what I eat instead of just enjoying those moments and having people actually like want to go out. Whereas high school can be sometimes a bit of a toxic environment, but university I found was very much different and I felt more accepted and I felt more comfortable being myself. Um, But just going back to one thing you touched on, because it was really interesting how you were saying that you thought you were making a recovery, but in reality, it wasn't your real recovery. And I really relate to that because my eating disorder, sorry, a little bit, um, but also with the other mental illnesses I do have, I feel like a lot of times that I thought I was quote unquote recovering and actually wasn't. So I guess what's your advice? Because it can be a very negative thing to go through. And sometimes you could feel really down on yourself and hopeless if you feel like you're recovering and then you just don't end up recovering. So I guess what tips do you have for that sense? Yeah, I think it's really difficult because with eating disorders, it can take literally years and years Mm -hmm. to fully recover. And some people never fully recover and they will just live with their eating disorder forever. So I think ultimately when it comes to recovery, you really need to be patient and you need to accept that you will have ups and downs. You, nobody, nobody goes through recovery in a linear fashion. It's always up and down and we should all kind of expect some bumps in the road when it comes to really I mean changing your mindset and your behaviors that are so deeply ingrained in you at this point is so difficult to do it's a really really big change to shift your mindset from you know an anorexic mindset to a healthy mindset they are very different things and so I think really being patient and just accepting that you know you will have these ups and downs is important I think for me, I, every time that I kind of had that stage where I was kind of recovering, kind of not, I think deep down, I knew that I wasn't really ready to recover because although from the outside, it can look very much like that person is recovering, they're eating more, they're putting weight on. It might look really good from the outside, but only the sufferer will know internally whether their thoughts are actually changing because ultimately, and you know this as well as I do, eating disorders are mental health illnesses. They're not physical illnesses. Mm -hmm. So if that person is still suffering with all of the mental health, all of the thoughts that are going through their head, then they're not, they're not recovering. So I, I do think to anybody out there who is suffering and they're kind of aren't sure whether they're in recovery or not I think only you know whether you are truly ready to change your thoughts yeah for sure I think it very much comes from within and 
I definitely agree with the point of it's it's not going to be linear. And I feel like even I get hard on myself when I think I've recovered and then I really find out that I don't. But you have to be patient with yourself, as you said. And I think that's really important to keep in mind. So as you are now recovered, obviously sometimes things come up for us, old feelings, whatever it may be. So what helps you to stay focused on healing and moving past that time instead of returning to old habits? Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, for me right now, where I am in my life, I don't have any eating disorder thoughts. Like it's well and truly in my past and I don't really necessarily have triggers. So if someone's talking about, you know, weight loss or calories or whatever it is, I can happily have a conversation about that. And my mind doesn't wander to my eating disorder, but I understand that especially during recovery, you can get triggered very easily and they're kind of everywhere. And I think when it comes to when you're really healing and you're going through that recovery process, I think just making sure that you're focusing on yourself and removing yourself from situations where you might get triggered really helps. So for example, not going out to a meal with friends who might talk about weight loss or calories or not sitting in the canteen at work if everybody's talking about what they're eating and how healthy or unhealthy it is if those kind of things trigger you try and remove yourself from those kind of situations because I mean you're not going to be able to stop being in those situations completely but if you do what you can it's going to stop that kind of negative triggering in your head and of course, having having a support network around you is something that I really, truly believe is what helped me recover and is what has helped a lot of people that I know who have been through an eating disorder. It's helped them to recover as well. Just having people that you can speak to that understand what you're going through and can help you through the healing process is really, really important. Yeah, definitely. I think having that support system and, and people even if you can telling people what your triggers are who are close to you, because that can really help as well. But even just, I guess, training your mind to think of it differently can be really difficult. So when you were healing or maybe even going through any sort of, did you have a counselor or therapist that you spoke to? Yeah. So I had, um, at, at the age of, I think it was about 14. I, had my first kind of therapy sessions and that was as an outpatient I had them once a week and it was actually with a very successful because it was with a therapist that I I just didn't gel with I, I don't know what it was about her I just really felt like I couldn't open up to her and that might have been partly because she wasn't the right therapist for me it might have been that I was still quite young or it might have been that I just wasn't ready to change. I wasn't ready to recover at that time. So I didn't want to speak about my illness. So I was with her for, I can't really remember how long it was. It's honestly quite a blur to me at this point. I think it was about maybe six months. And then I, because I've been in and out of hospital as well throughout my illness um, so I think the reason I stopped seeing her as an outpatient was because I went into hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, so whilst I was in, I've been in two different specialist hospitals and they kind of have a, 
it's supposed to be quite an extensive therapy program, but I didn't really find we had that much or as much therapy as I would have liked, but we had various different sessions. We had group therapy, there was family therapy, there was art therapy, um, and there was one-to-one therapy. So I've kind of, you know, tried all of them. And honestly, for me, I don't really find therapy has ever worked that well for me in the past. And I don't know whether that's just like my personality or whether I've just not found the right therapist, but I never found that any of these um, therapy sessions in the hospital or out of the hospital really helped me. I truly believe that when I got to the age of 20, I wasn't having any therapy. I wasn't really having kind of any help at that point. And that was when I truly recovered. So I do believe for me, therapy was not necessarily part of the reason why I recovered. Wow. That's really interesting because you often hear a lot of people going to therapists and that's what helps them recover. So that's really interesting that you did a lot of that on your own. So because that you didn't have a therapist when you were going through recovery, what other practices or things that you did to help with your mental wellness and with that healing process that you did just from home? Yeah, honestly, I, it's really weird. Like, I, I don't know whether, I don't really know how to answer that because I I understand, of course, like therapy is amazing. And I do think for me, therapy would have worked if at the time when I had it, I was ready to recover or I was ready to change. Mm -hmm. But I think for me, it kind of goes back to what I was saying before with having a support network. And I really, at that age, I found people that seemed to care about me. They wanted me to be in their lives. And that was like I said, something that had been missing throughout the rest of my illness. And I truly believe that having just surrounded myself with, you know, quote unquote, normal people who weren't suffering with an eating disorder, it really opened my eyes to what life could be like without this illness. And I wanted that life and having them around me really helped me to push my anorexia to the side and shift my focus away from my looks, my food, my exercise, and more into living life. Um, I also did journal quite a lot. Um, I journaled pretty much from, I used to journal even before my eating disorder when I was about nine or 10. And I journaled pretty much all the way through until I was about 20, 21. Um, And I do believe that journaling really helped me kind of clear my head and I think in a sense journaling for me was kind of my own form of therapy because it was like I was speaking to my journal um and in that way I was I was just getting the thoughts out of my head and getting them onto paper which really helped me yeah definitely and I personally love journaling a big advocate of it and I think it does really help get out of your head and have that way of almost being therapy with yourself so that's really awesome that you identified that in yourself and you were practicing that because I think that that is really helpful. And I know I do therapy now, even though I am recovered from my eating disorder and almost recovered from my other illnesses too. But I also find that part of the biggest, I guess something that I do that has the biggest impact is that journaling piece. And that always helps me a lot. I find it just, it's just such a good way to get everything out of your head. Yeah, absolutely. I want to shift the conversation a bit into talking about your podcast and how that's helped you because as a fellow podcaster, I'm always interested in people's stories. So what inspired you to become an advocate and start your own podcast? 
Yeah, of course. So my podcast started around last May slash June. And it, it kind of, it started when I was kind of in the middle of what felt like a quarter life crisis, to be honest. I, you know, when you just have a bit of a breakdown, you're like, what am I doing with my life? Yes. Where's my life going? <laughs> yeah, you, you just, I was going through that kind of phase and that kind of sparked my very first episode on my podcast, which was pretty much me saying, I'm not where I thought I would be right now. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing and that's okay. And I'm really passionate about, I mean, I'm passionate about a number of things, but my podcast kind of brings all of those things together. So health, fitness, but also mindset and self-love, because I think it's so important to preach positivity and show other people that although things might not be great at this exact moment, things will get better. That's something that I try and incorporate into every single episode so it's it kind of started as just as a way to I guess in a sense like a a verbal journal for me and I've kind of along the way changed it a little bit brought on different guests and I've been able to kind of interact with people across the world which is just amazing. Yeah that's incredible to hear. I'm curious to know, have you found that your podcast has helped your mental health in any ways? Because I know for me, over the time that I've had my podcast, I feel like it's really helped me break out of my shell and share my story and become more comfortable with the fact that I'm dealing with mental illness. So has it helped you at all? Oh, 100%. Yeah. And I think I think a huge part of it is speaking to people like yourself who have been through the same kind of thing or they're going through the same thing and they are also sharing their stories. And I think that helps so, so much because it it just enables you to support each other and it it's enabled me to interact with people who I would never meet in real life or I would never interact with um, because they're from other parts of the world. And that to me is just amazing and we can all inspire each other and bring positivity to each other and as well as that this it's definitely increased my confidence um I like I I was creating content on like YouTube and Instagram before I started my podcast but I do think I've really found myself when it comes to creating podcast content I really love it yeah I mean (laughs) same with me too I also was creating content before that and I think having a podcast really opens a whole nother door to content and I don't know about you but for me I found that my podcast is very much more real than any of the other content I make and I feel like even though it's still a one-way type of platform I still feel like I'm interacting with a lot more people Yeah, I feel exactly the same. It's really funny, isn't it? Because it's kind of like, why do we feel like we can be more open on a podcast instead of on, I don't know, say Instagram? (laughs) It's it's a really funny kind of situation, but I'm definitely the same as you. I feel much more relaxed and like I can kind of say anything on my podcast, which is great. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely feel the same way with that. So closing off this episode, do you have any advice for anyone battling through either eating disorders or similar mental battles? Or do you have any closing remarks that you want to share with my listeners? Yeah, definitely. So thank you for having me. And I think my ultimate advice goes back to what I've been saying, I feel like for the whole episode is build a support network and be be willing to open up to those around you who really care about you because ultimately they have your best interests in their hearts and being able to open up and 
speak about your thoughts and feelings is ultimately like one of the first steps to recovering. So that would definitely be my advice. Awesome. Thank you. And if people want to follow your journey more, where can listeners find and connect with you? Of course. So my podcast is Finding My Fit and it's available on pretty much every major podcast platform. I have an Instagram for my podcast, which is Finding My Fit Podcast. Um, And I have a TikTok and a YouTube, which are both just my name, Athena Crilly. Um, So that is pretty much all of my socials. Awesome. And I'll make sure to put them in the description box so everyone listening can find them a lot easier. But with that said, thank you so much, Athena, for coming on the podcast today and sharing your story. Oh, thank you so much. That was the episode today. Thank you so much again to Athena for sharing her story and being so brave to share all of her experiences. If you want to follow my story, you can check me out on Instagram at the girl covering. And with that said, I hope you enjoyed and have a lovely rest of your day. 